Hey guys, this is the God Besotted Podcast. It's Karina. I'm super excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about divine appointments, discernment, and discipling others, all from a short passage in the book of Exodus, which describes the responsibility of a man named Bezalel to head up the construction of the tabernacle, the tent which God commissioned to be the center of worship for his people. And the passage, although it's short, is going to teach us some important things about our calling, about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, and about the privilege that we have to be ambassadors for Christ in the world. So I think it's going to be a good time and let's just get right into it. Okay, so we're going to be camping out in Exodus 31 today, but that passage is actually in the middle of an important section of the book of Exodus, which is focused on the construction of the tabernacle. That section of Exodus starts in Exodus 25, where we read that the Lord commanded Moses to take up a special offering for the construction of the tabernacle. God told Moses in verses 8 and 9, Let them construct a sanctuary for me, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so you shall construct it. So after God had led his people out of Egypt, he prescribed very particularly how they were to worship him. And he commanded in Exodus 25, the construction of a tabernacle or a sanctuary, a tent where he himself was going to visibly dwell in glory among his people. And the people of God would be able to see his glory. They would see a cloud cover the tent. They would see the glory of the Lord filling uh, the tent. And the meticulous details that we find in this section from Exodus 25 um, onward for quite a few chapters, um, the meticulous details underscore how important, first of all, worship is and how important it is to worship God the way that he prescribes. And so because the tabernacle was a symbol of God's presence with his people, as well as his royal authority over Israel as their king, it was important that this building, that this tent gets constructed the way that God commanded. And so he chose some people specifically for that task to oversee that project. So we pick up in Exodus 31 and God tells Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship, to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. And behold, I myself have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahishamach of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all who are skillful, I have put skill, that they may make all that I have commanded you." In Exodus 34, there's a repeat of this commission where God says the exact same thing to Moses. He says he's called by name Bezalel, and he's called by name Aholiab, and he's filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in craftsmanship. And he adds in that section in verse 34 of Exodus 34, he says, He also, meaning God, he has put in his heart to teach both he and the other guy, Aholiab, he has put in his heart to teach. We're going to talk about that. And so we have in these two um, short passages in the midst of this section about the construction of the tabernacle, we have a description of the appointment of a specific person for the task of overseeing the, the project. And his name was Bel Bezalel. He was the chief architect of this project. He was, uh, we could say, the primary project manager. And Aholiab, the second guy who's described, was his right-hand man. And so the two of them oversaw the construction of the tabernacle. 
But two things to note about Bezalel. He was called by name for the specific task. And not only that, he was equipped for this task by being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So I want to dwell just for a moment on Bezalel's divine appointment and see what we can glean about our divine appointment or our calling in Christ. Bezalel was a descendant of Caleb. If you recall, Caleb was one of the leaders of Israel after they had left Egypt and they were meant to conquer the promised land. Caleb was one of two people who believed that God could help Israel conquer the land, even though it was swarming with people more intimidating than Israel. And so Bezalel is actually a descendant of this um, righteous man, Caleb. And Bezalel's name means in the shadow of God's protection. And so not only did he come from a lineage of faith, from an ancestor who we are told in scripture possessed an extraordinary spirit, a different spirit, a spirit of faith rather than fear, but Bezalel we could imply also lived, he himself lived in the will of God. He wasn't just relying on his ancestry, on his tradition, on his parent, uh, his parents' example, uh, but he himself lived in the shadow of the Almighty, which is a term that means he himself rested in God. He relied on God for his protection because he was ready to answer when God called him. He was ready to move when God appointed him to this very important task. So the question for us as we're considering this short passage is, are we willing to let God use us however he wills? Are we ready to answer that call? Is our life lived in the shadow of God's protection, in the shadow of the Almighty? Or is it lived on our own, in our own striving, in our own strength? Or are we resting and um, and enjoying the protection and the provision of God on a daily basis. It was imperative that God had a dwelling place among his people. God needed to be among his people and show them that he was with them, that he was their God and they were his people. And so it's it's a lesson for us, it's an instruction for us that Bezalel's calling, his empowerment was for a paramount purpose. And it's the same thing that we are called to. The most important thing that God is ever going to call us to is to draw near to him ourselves, to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, but also to draw others to him. Bezalel was called not only to rest in God's presence, but also to help build a sanctuary that would symbolize the presence of God and thereby draw others to experience God's presence. And so this divine appointment was very important. He didn't call himself, God called him. And he didn't empower himself, God empowered him. Despite his parentage, despite his um, history of faith in his family, uh, he was called because God chose him. The Spirit went where the Spirit willed, which is the same thing we read he does in the New Testament. So that's his divine appointment. Second, discernment. Bezalel was, was empowered supernaturally by the Holy Spirit to do the work that was going to be necessary to build the tabernacle. In much the same way, the Holy Spirit today gives us gifts to fulfill our God-given assignment. So what does this mean? First, we need to know our assignment. We're called to love God and love others in simple terms. We're called to know God and to make him known. We bear the image of God as, as humans, but in a, in a greater sense as humans who, because of Christ, our, the image of God in us is being renovated into um, 
the image of Christ, meaning that uh, the marred image that we had from the fall is being renovated, being repaired, being improved upon from glory to glory as we uh, grow in Christ. And we're not only called to bear the image of God in this um, continually improving, continually glorious way, but we're called to invite others to draw near to him as well, for them also to reflect the image of God by being in Christ. So we need to know what that assignment is. Bezalel was called very specifically in no uncertain terms to head up this all-important project of building a place for God to dwell among his people, to build this sanctuary where God would be able to be among his people in glory and they would be able to meet with him. And so he knew his task. We need to know our task. We are called to draw near to God and to bring others to draw near to him. But not only do we need to know our God-given assignment, we need to know our gifts. The Holy Spirit, I said already, has given us gifts. And in the natural man, by God's grace, it's called God's common grace in theology, that he dispenses gifts um, out of his graciousness, even to those who are not in Christ. He allows them to experience his goodness in myriad ways. And so in the natural world, in the natural realm, in the natural man, we have many talents. We have treasures and resources, which are also gifts of God. And uh, we have time that God gives us to glorify him on earth. And um, these natural gifts that we have, can sometimes be indicators of where our spiritual gifting is. Um, so, for example, someone who naturally, in, in the natural man, has a, has a gift for speaking may be called to be a pastor or not. John Piper has described how he was actually very afraid of public speaking, and the Holy Spirit actually helped him overcome it for a school assignment, and then at that point he committed to never say no to a speaking appointment or a speaking um, invitation out of fear. And he had to overcome that fear that he had to the natural man to start to operate in the supernatural, to start to operate in the spirit. Um, and so it it's it's really a toss up and it can be it can go either way only you know at the end of the day how the holy spirit has empowered you and whether this empowerment accords well with your natural talents and tre treasures and time or whether it doesn't and it's not completely important um to to know this but in in order to discern your gifts this is a good um way to to start so are there gifts that you have naturally maybe the holy spirit is going to use those and going to um supernaturally empower you through those or maybe not like i said john piper um, that was not the case for him at least in the spiritual gift um, of speaking we know that Timothy, Paul's protege, was a pastor who had a special calling on his life and a special spiritual gift. We read from 1 Timothy 1. And yet we know from Paul's writing to him that he had let fear and insecurity drive him instead of the Holy Spirit. And it was keeping him, this fear and this insecurity was keeping him from using his spiritual gift. So it just depends. Sometimes our spiritual gifts they go great with our natural uh, talents and our and our treasures, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes the Holy Spirit overcomes weaknesses that we have in order to guide us and and use us. So it's it's it can go either way. But God, either way, is sovereign over all of our skills. And so every talent, every gift that we have is supernatural. Like I said, God's common grace, at the end of the day, everything that you have that you could potentially boast of, you really can't because it's a gift from God. And so we read in this passage in Exodus that God filled Bezalel with the Holy Spirit. But we find out that he had 
in Exodus 31, 6, it says he put in the heart of all those who were skillful, the skill to work on the tabernacle. And so he actually used the giftedness that they had already invested in. God used the competence that these men had already cultivated. And it's an, it's an important to note that it's we should always strive for excellence in everything we do. We can't just expect the Holy Spirit to work apart from us. Um, he can, as I said, overcome our weaknesses and supernaturally provide for us as he did for Moses, as he did for so many of his servants in scripture. But he always works with us. And so it's a good idea that if, if you're good at something, you should perhaps put that skill to work for the kingdom. God may have already given you everything you need to serve in a certain area, and you've just not tapped into it. And the question sometimes is not if you should serve. It's it's just where and when. Um, sometimes I think we over-spiritualize. How does God want me to serve his kingdom? And it leads us to inaction, or it makes us insecure and indecisive. And the devil would love to paralyze you by making you think that you need some sort of mystical, specific direction from God before you serve his church. That is not true. God has already called you. He's already commissioned you to love God and love others, to know him and to make him known. And he's already empowered you with the Holy Spirit who has given you, Paul says repeatedly, spiritual gifts to serve his church. So some of us, we don't need any more praying about where does God want to use us. We just need to start being used wherever, whenever, um, and as our gifts allow. So that is just a little discussion on discernment. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts and he gives us an assignment to invite others into his presence and to be seeking the presence of God ourselves. Bezalel was filled with the Holy Spirit for that purpose. And so we read that not only was Bezalel empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, through the skills that he already possessed, uniquely empowered to uh, head up this construction project of the tabernacle, but we read in Exodus 34, verse 34, that he God also put in Bezalel's heart to teach, both he and Aholiab. It was put in their hearts to teach. And so we learn something important about the discipling. We've talked about divine appointments, discernment, and now discipling. Bezalel was also given not only Holy Spirit empowerment through the skills he possessed to head up this project, but also the ability to teach others. Your spiritual gift, it seems obvious to say, but your spiritual gift is not just for you. You, by way of having a spiritual gift, scripture says you're indispensable to the church. You're indispensable to the body of Christ, to the kingdom. You're necessary. Whether you're an eye, whether you're a hand, a foot, a big toe, an esophagus, you are necessary. The church needs your spiritual gifts. But not only does the church need your gifts, the world needs more people who have your gifts. What do I mean by that? Paul was a critical pillar in the early church. We know that he was uniquely commissioned to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. But he purposely installed able men to lead the churches that he established in his absence. Paul purposely discipled men who would follow his example to the T, men who were imitators of him as he was an imitator of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says. And so the fact is that we are gifted by the Holy Spirit to edify the church, but the harvest, the harvest in the world is plentiful and the laborers are few. We are called as believers not just to be in community with other believers and not just to be essential components of the church body, the church universal, 
But we are called as the church to be ambassadors for Christ to the world. That's a big task. It's hard enough for believers my age to be convinced that they need to be active members of a community of believers, a church body. It's hard enough then to convince them to get off, well, not just people my age, but anyone. It's harder even still to convince people to get off the pew and start serving the church that they're in community with. But then it's even harder to get the church and individual members of the church to be ambassadors for Christ to the world. It is a big task that the church has been commissioned with. And the task we've been given, it takes more than just one faithful woman serving her church um, by taking down chairs and, and putting them back up. It takes more than one pastor faithfully serving his congregation through the gift of preaching. It takes more than just one evangelist pumped up about the gospel, serving the church uh, and, and following the, the call of God by evangelizing someone in the checkout line. It takes more than one administrator creating a community event. Whatever our gifts are that are meant to be serving the church, we have to make disciples as well. As believers, we have to multiply the amount of people who are being renovated into the image of Christ in the world. We need to make more disciples who are looking like Jesus throughout the world. We are not meant just to be serving the community of believers, but as a body of believers to be ambassadors for Christ. And that is why it's important that Bezalel, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, but he used that empowerment to equip other people who were skilled to do the work of the tabernacle. We are called as believers not only to do the work, to use our gifts, but to teach others to do the work. And so we read that Bezalel not only uh, embraced his divine appointment, resting in the shadow of the Almighty and taking up this commission to build a tabernacle that would bring others into the shadow of the Almighty, but he also discerned his spiritual gift and it, it coincided in his case with his natural gifting. He was already a skilled worker who had been cultivating his gift for a long time before the Holy Spirit chose him to lead up the project. He discerned what his gift was was he was he was cultivating his competence he was invested in his gift and so he was ready to answer that call when he got when he got commission but also he taught others he brought other people into the work it was something he knew despite his unique empowerment and being filled with the spirit it was something he knew he couldn't do alone and the same is true for our work as believers as ambassadors no matter where we are in life it's important that we remind ourselves of that calling that we're meant to be making disciples um it's it's we're meant to be coming alongside people in genuine relationship and what the Great Commission says, teaching them to obey all that God has commanded us, modeling Christ for them, and also preaching Christ to them. So in summary, God dwelt in a tabernacle after leading his people out of Egypt. We're reading in this section of Exodus how important it was to God that this tabernacle be constructed according to his prescription. It's important to worship God how he calls us to. And it's important for the people of God to have, it was at this time, important for them to have a symbol of God's presence with them. Eventually, we read in John 1, and we'll talk about this passage um, hopefully soon. In John 1, Jesus tabernacled among men. He dwelt among men as God in the flesh. And God's presence was with his people in the person of Jesus Christ. One day, God is going to dwell with his people forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Revelation 21.3 says, John says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. 
and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them. So that's then in Exodus and when Bezalel was alive, we're building this tabernacle to symbolize God's presence with his people. In the New Testament, the, the beginnings of the New Testament era, God uh, sent his son, who is God in the flesh, to dwell among men, tabernacle among men, the very presence of God on earth. One day, God will once again dwell with people uh, through his presence among us in the new heavens and the new earth. But right now, and this is the thought I want to leave us with right now, God's tabernacle is still among men. He's still dwelling among men. He dwells in us. Scripture says we're temples of the Holy Spirit. As the temple, we are the place where people meet Jesus. The fullness of God's glory dwelled in Jesus. It says in Colossians, the fullness of the deity dwelled in him. And Paul prays in Ephesians 3 that we would know the love of Christ so that we would be filled to all the fullness of God. It's just an interesting thought for, that we'll talk about, I think, later. But suffice it to say, we are temples. We are tabernacles. We are the place where God has been pleased to dwell through his spirit. And it's through us that he's calling out to more of his sheep. He's calling out to them, come near, come to the tabernacle. Draw near to me. See my glory and worship. Thanks for listening to this episode of God Besotted. I hope it encouraged you and it reminded you that we as believers are called, that we're supernaturally empowered by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to serve the church as well as to be ambassadors of Christ to the world. Make sure you follow on Instagram, rate on Spotify, rate on Apple, uh, all that good stuff. And I'll talk to you next week.